Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Molly Ryder. Welcome to the podcast, More Milk, Please, baby feeding stories from moms plus like me and you. This podcast is designed to be a safe space for women plus to come together and share baby feeding stories. Whether you are expecting or thinking about having kids, a mom, non-binary, an aunt, grandma, or a caregiver, you are welcome because we hear it all. (laughs) From breastfeeding and pumping to tube feeding, bottles, formula, frozen milk, and weaning, our worldwide community is here connecting over some of our most nerve-wracking and intimate moments. I am so glad you're here, dear listener. Oh my goodness, my mom's plus. I hope that you find connection and belonging as you listen. And if this podcast, or me, or our guests, or the stories mean something to you, it would mean the world to me if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast. It helps new Moms Plus find us so these stories can support even more baby feeding adults out there in the wild world of parenting. To do this, just go to the More Milk Please show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and just hit the plus sign in the top right-hand corner. Of course, the more stars you're willing to give, the better. (laughs) And I so appreciate hearing your thoughts. So if you could please leave a comment, that'd be amazing. I check and read them all and feel immense joy over each one. So thank you, thank you. So much love and hugs. All right. So today I am very excited because I get to interview a dear friend, entrepreneur, and fellow mama, Laika. Laika, welcome to More Mike, Please. Thank you for joining. Hi, I'm so happy and excited to be here. (laughs) We are so excited to have you. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about you and your daughter, how old she is now, where you live, that kind of just basics. Yes, I'll be happy to. First of all, thank you for having me and congratulations on the podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so my daughter, her name is Erica. I'm Laika, by the way, and she's my only daughter right now. And we are in New York. She's two and a half. All right, she's a pandemic baby through and through. And through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, motherhood came late for me. As you know, like all of our friends um, had babies way before us. It was such a learning. It was such a journey um, having her. And, you know, I'm embracing it all. I'm embracing it all. It's not easy. It's But I'm blessed to have her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I'd love to kind of dig in a little bit before you gave birth. What was your Mm -hmm. breastfeeding or baby feeding knowledge like? Did you research it? Did you think about it much? Just kind of let it be what it would be? Were you nervous, excited? Oh, this is a loaded question. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of research. So like I just said before, so Molly, I've known you a while. Yeah. So a lot of our friends had babies before. And I feel like 
I was a little bit clueless into in the world of breastfeeding per se, like specifically. And yeah. I thought it was something that people breastfeed, period. There wasn't any, like there wasn't any question for me. When I started my journey into motherhood, like wanting to grow my family and all that stuff, I started digging more. And I think because we have such an array of friends, like naturopaths, Western medicine, and, you know, and we talk a lot. We're very open between our um, friends group in that type of stuff. I started learning a little bit, but what truly helped me is that I hired a doula. Mm. So my doula was excellent in educating me in everything prepartum, partum, and postpartum. And breastfeeding was a big thing for her, not just because she was pushing it Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but she was very heavy on information. She wanted me to have all the information. And then that led me to digging a little bit more. And then remember, I got pregnant in 2020. I was really doing nothing more than staying home and being pregnant. So I was just reading a lot, um, researching a lot, but really when I actually had my daughter in breastfeeding, it was like two different, the information helped me, Mm -hmm. but it was a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Doulas are amazing. I love that you had one for the whole experience. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, speaking of your doula, can you share a little bit about the moment your daughter was born? Yes. Oh my God. It was so emotional. It was so emotional. So I hired a doula because I wanted a, I really truly wanted a home birth, but my support system was not comfortable with that. And I felt like I wouldn't be in my element if I had to worry about other people worrying about me. So I decided to do a hospital birth, but really having a very natural hospital birth. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to labor at home with my doula and then heading to the hospital whenever we were ready. Mm-hmm. But the day that my daughter was born, I woke up that morning and I had my bloody, bloody show and daddy just freaked out. Aww. And he was just like, call the doctor. And then we ended up going to the hospital and then we got to the hospital at four o'clock in the morning or so because it was COVID. We had to be tested. So then once you test and you're in the hospital, they don't let you leave. So I kind of labored through in the hospital. But then again, with the whole knowledge that I gained from my doula, I was able to do most of the stuff. Mm. We were able to do most of the stuff by ourselves in the hospital because my doula was not with me at the time. So it started like that. And the whole time I was breathing, it was great in the beginning. And then when I started truly having pain, Mm -hmm. that's when I started like, oh my God, like I might reconsider this whole no meds because it was hurting yeah and the way my doula explain the whole when they check you because they don't have to really check you they don't have to do a lot of the things yeah so I really wanted to do a natural so then when they came to check me every time they came to check me we um said no so when I started really having pain and getting ready to birth my daughter so I spoke to um, Eric and I said, I think I might consider having some meds because I really cannot handle it. Mm-hmm. So the, the guy came for the consultation and then they started doing the whole process. And let me tell you something, they put the medicine in and I'm pushing already. So it's like, I never even got a whole mm-hmm. 
they should have checked basically because by the time I got the medicine, I gave birth to my my daughter. It was like two or three pushes, and my daughter was out. Wow. Like it was like no time. So I felt everything I was in. I remember having her on my chest and it was like a light switch, right? I felt like it was, it was different. All of a sudden I felt everything was different. My senses were different. I felt differently. I heard differently. It was. Wow. It's like, yeah, there was like a pre that moment. And then there was like a after that moment. Like, I feel like it was such a defining moment. I'll never forget that. And I remember holding her and uh, I don't even want to get emotional, but it was just like one of those moments that I cannot put into words, but I'll always, it, it's like the sensation is still in my body to this day when I became like, um, like my daughter was in my hands and I actually, like, I could not believe mm-hmm. my daughter. Like I had a daughter, I had a child. And then I did not know the sex before. Wow. So it's like when she came out, like it was a true introduction to mm-hmm. my child. You know what I mean? And I, that was so special to me to just like not really having an idea who it was going to be and really meeting her and knowing who she was, what she was. And, you know, it was such a magical moment. So magical. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. I love that. I'm getting chills. It's just so magical. And I love that. Like you were literally in transition and feeling all that pain. And yes, of course, you're like at the most painful part. Yes. It it was one of those things, right? It was like the pain and then the joy at the same time. It's yeah. Hmm. So were you able yeah. to keep her on your chest for a little while? Some do you like the crawl up to your breasts. I don't know. Yes. So that happened. And this is where my breastfeeding journey actually started mm-hmm. because she did that whole thing. She latched on my breast. But again, like I said, you have all this information. And then when it starts happening, it's like, I didn't know. So I learned about the whole latching thing. I heard, but I didn't understand like there's a way to hold a baby. There's a way to hold your breast. There's a way. So I did not understand any of that. And then also my baby, after she was born, she did not eat Mm. for, so she crawled to my breast. She breastfed a little bit. And then um, they took her like for a brief moment. And my husband was always with her. Like she was in my room, like she never left my room, but they, um, they wanted to check her out and all that stuff. And then they did that. And then they wrapped her up and they gave her back to me. And I was just like, can you unwrap her and then just leave her on my chest, Mm -hmm. which they did, but she was sleeping for the whole time. And then by the time they got me ready to get to like a, a, a regular room, because I was in the maternity room, right? The labor room, actually. She was still sleeping. I think she slept for like a good six hours. So I was able to sleep that night. Wow. And then when I woke up in the morning and then she started screaming to eat, that's when I realized, oh my God, I knew nothing about breastfeeding. Mm. because I kept putting the boobs in her mouth and I felt like it was all over her nose. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then there was a nurse um, and she was leaving that morning. And she said, let me call the um, breastfeeding specialist. And I was just like, oh, we have one of those. And she's like, yeah, (laughs) Um, if you need it, you can ask for it. And I was just like, oh, I didn't even know I could ask because I was about to call my doula, but it was so early. 
Right. And then that nurse came and she educated me into how to hold the baby, how to hold the boobs so that like she can get used to like putting the boobs in her mouth Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And she taught me about like doing like the go back and forth with the boobs and stuff like that. And I was not pumping in the hospital at the time, but I have everything with me because they were like, bring everything. Right. So that's where my breastfeeding journey started. But girl, Mm. when this girl actually started breastfeeding the right way, that thing hurts. (laughs) The first, I don't know for how long. I remember putting that boob in this baby's mouth and just like screaming myself like, oh my God, this hurts so much. This hurts so much. But I was determined to do it and I stuck to it. And I know a lot of people quit because it hurts because of different complications. But I feel like because I had like a great support system, like people that I can call and because that nurse really helped me that morning. Yeah. I felt like from that point on, it was just like, but let me tell you something. I call a lot of my friends and I curse them out and I'm like, you guys are liars. You guys made this thing look so easy when you guys Mm -hmm. had your babies. I had no idea how difficult this thing was. (laughs) So yeah, I was just like, you guys are liars. You guys never told me it was that hard. (laughs) So yeah, we had that conversation, but yeah. And that's how really we started. And Little by little, I started being more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And she was fine um, breastfeeding. And, you know, I learned how to do... Now, I don't even remember the terms now. When you were like, you fed the baby and then you had to pump for 10 minutes, take a break, pump for another 10 minutes. I don't remember the term anymore. Like, yeah. So I had to do that so that I can um, increase the milk production. Mm-hmm. So I was pumping and feeding and I was exclusively breastfeeding mm-hmm. because that's like one of my goals that I said that I was going to do. I was going to exclusively breastfeed for six months. And so I was constantly doing that um, for the first. I was not the mom that had a freezer full of milk. Right. I was not that mom. I had enough frozen, but I, she, I was feeding on the men, especially when I was home. I was feeding on the men. And sometimes like, I had to go in my frozen stash and feed her especially if I was like stepping out for a little bit or um anything like that but the other thing also that I did early on which I don't know if it's because I didn't understand or but um Eric wanted to he felt like he wanted to feed the baby so that he could have a bone a bond Mm -hmm. with her so she he wanted to have a bottle to feed. Yeah. So I started pumping and feeding the baby early, like with the breast milk in the bottle mm-hmm. so that he can, like at night, he was able to feed or anytime like he was home, if he wasn't working, like he was able to um, feed her. So that started a little bit early. Like now, I mean, it, it was no wrong or right way, but it was just like what we did. Yeah. So she was exclusive breastfeeding with me when I was home but every once in a while like he would feed her a bottle just to have their time yeah and stuff like that which really it worked out yeah and because she was doing both equally easily yeah you know like she was not I know a lot of people said once you start giving them the bottle they don't like the breast anymore but Erica was really doing both like very seamlessly that's awesome you know that's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's nice when they can help out a little, especially with like a feeding at night or something. Yeah. 
Makes it a little easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember <laughs> what pump you used as a part of the, your process? Yes, I used Medela. I used Medela. Yeah, because after six months, mm-hmm. I started going to work. Mm-hmm. So after six months, she started doing baby led weaning. So she was doing like finger stuff, soft food, not really smash anything. Yeah. And I was pumping at work. Nice. So I use that. Mm-hmm. Did you get to use like the hospital grade one when you were at work or no? You bring no, no, no. I bought my own. Yeah. I bought my own because my hospital is very like a heart center. Mm. So they don't do anything maternity. So they didn't have anything like to gotcha. for that purpose. Yeah. So I ended up bringing my own. Yeah. yeah. I would pump on my way to work sometimes. Like in the car, I would pump. Yep. And then. Yeah, and then get to work, work a little bit, and then on my break, pump again. Like, I would pump, like, three, four times at work sometimes. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was. And I can understand why people choose not to do it sometimes because it's really a commitment. Mm -hmm. It's really a commitment. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're not like the super overproducer, you know, and you don't have a huge freezer staff to rely on. You can't skip. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. And I was so keen on not giving up. So I was just like, and then let me tell you something. Like, we as a society here in America, we are not supportive of moms or breastfeeding moms. Like in my hospital, I work mm-hmm. in the OR. I work in open heart surgery, right? Sometimes you we don't have scheduled, like the nurses do have scheduled meals. Like somebody comes in and we leave them, they have an hour or however their time is. Yeah. But for me, it's like you take a break whenever you're free. Yeah. And sometimes I don't have enough time. So the breastfeeding room in my hospital, in my department is not in the OR. So the OR is sterile. Right. So if we have to leave, we have to change, walk to wherever that room is. By the time you go, you pump for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. You, It's like you don't have time. Right. And I remember when I first started working at that hospital, and I remember like one of the girls just came back from maternity, and I go to the bathroom, and I hear this noise. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. And I'm like <laughs> investigating, like, where is this noise coming from? And I open this tower, and this girl is pumping in the bathroom right and i was just like i would never do that it's like you eating in the bathroom there's three bathroom stalls and a shower in the bathroom it's not even outside somewhere in the locker area no it's in the bathroom and i was just like i would never do that so then when i got pregnant i told my boss i'm like i'm not mm -mm, i'm not pumping in the toilets and I know we don't have time to go to that room. Mm-hmm. So I ended up pumping in either my boss's office yeah, or in the locker room. Sometimes like if I don't have a lot of time and I just want to pump enough just to like do a case and stuff. And I would just pump in the locker room. And I work with a lot of female nurses. Yeah. And you would not believe how the comments. Meanwhile, you don't see anything. The pump is under my scrubs. I'm covered. Sometimes I'm reading. Sometimes I'm on the phone and I'm doing this. And because they know you pumping. And I'm right. like, you guys are mothers. You got like, this bothers you that much? Wow. Meanwhile, we have naked patients that come into the OR every day that we are treating. Yeah. And you are very averse to breast mm-hmm. that's being pumped right now. It was really mind boggling to me to see like the the judgment or the opinions coming from women like us, mothers like us, 
it was really, I don't know, it really surprised me. Yeah, really surprised sad. me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You want women, other moms, and especially nurses who you really hope are at the forefront of things to be supportive, not giving you shade. Really surprised me. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. It's just so unfortunate. And one of the many reasons why I really wanted to do this podcast, because, you know, I hope that when we hear each other's stories, we can be more sympathetic and understanding and support each other instead of being pitted against each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, if you're a breastfeeding mom thinking about breastfeeding or are an underproducer like me, Get your hands on my free 10 best breastfeeding and pumping tips because you deserve an easier, pain-free experience. Seriously, I want you to feel victorious in your breastfeeding and pumping. So go to mollyrider.com forward slash top 10 milk tips to get your copy today. So during that time or before maybe did you have to deal with any like mastitis or clogged ducts or bleeds? No, thank you, God. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I never really. And I think what the issues that I had was at the beginning when I didn't know how mm-hmm. anything like that. And then one thing I, I remember one incident that I had, it was just like one of those things where like it was during the pandemic, nobody was coming over to see me, which was a blessing and a, and a curse. curse, I guess. Yeah, because sometimes too many people giving you too many opinions is bad. And then sometimes not having enough support is also bad. But I feel like it was one of those things where my mom, you know, like the older generation, they believe in formula, they believe in you know whatever they believe in, which mm-hmm. is neither. I always said, as long as your kid is fed, I don't care. Yeah. Like you do you, you do what works. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to do what's work for them. And I had the intention of only breastfeeding my kid for six months and we don't do dairy in my house already. So I was not going to give my kid dairy. Mm-hmm. So I was very clear about that, but there was a point where I remember one day Erica was crying. I could not figure out. She was eating. She was constantly on my boob and she was crying. And I'm like, is she not getting milk? She was peeing. She was pooping. She was doing it all. But she was crying. And I remember like worried. I was so worried. I was so nervous. And I was and my mom was nervous because now she's like, oh my God, I'm worried about you, worrying about her. I don't know what's happening. And she was calling like some of my friends, telling them to call me. And like the phone is ringing. And I'm like, I cannot deal with any of this. And I remember Eric just took Erica from me and she said, and he said, because at this point I'm crying because I'm like, give her the formula, give her whatever. Because now I like, I don't know what else to do because I'm feeding her and she's not stopping and yeah, the whole night. And I remember he was just like, go upstairs, close the door, take a shower, do whatever you have to. I got this. And I remember mm-hmm. just leaving Erica screaming and I remember getting the shower and just letting the water, water run to my head. I turned on the music because I could not hear the screams anymore. And then, I remember staying in it. It was probably like less than five minutes, but I came back and then the baby was just like out, like <laughs> no screams, no nothing. And I'm like, what was like, what happened? And 
to this day, I don't know if it was gas. I don't know what it was, but it was like one of those things where it was just like, just fix it. <laughs> Whatever needs to fix it, fix it. Yeah. And I remember my sister, my sister was like, calm down. Like, we're not going to do the formula. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to figure this out. If you have to call the doctor, if we have to do anything, like we're going to figure it out. So I think that was like one of those things that to this day happened that I was like, so I was like ready to just like throw in the towel, like, mm-hmm. because my mom has never done what I was doing. Yeah. So she was just like, you sure she doesn't it? like, they kept constantly questioning. Right. And I remember my doula, my doula just stayed with me. Like she called me every day. She really like took care of me postpartum, like mm-hmm. really kept in touch, really, you know, she wanted to make sure that I was okay. And she kept telling me, you can do it. You're doing great. And that helped me really stay the course because my mom, and not because she was trying to, but, you know, that's all she knew. She didn't understand how. Right. Because they think the baby's not being fed properly when it's just breast milk, because that's not what they know. And nobody in my surrounding, like, really knew. Although they wanted to support me, but anytime there was a question, that was the first thing they questioned. Mm. And me, I'm a new mom. I don't know either. Yeah. I'm just going by, you know, like I was trying to do the best for my child. And I think that's one of those days that I'll never forget. I was just like, I I, I can't. So, yeah. 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 Those moments where we were just like, right. Yeah. But I love that, you know, like. <laughs> Family was there, and you're like, okay, just gonna go take a five minute shower, blast the heat. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, probably just like cried herself into exhaustion. I feel like Luna does that a lot. She'll like just wail for like 15 minutes and then pass out. <laughs> yes, yes, and I think that's what it was. I think that's exactly what it was. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, after you got through the initial pain of like our nipples getting to the place where they can handle the kind of like crazy suction that happens with breastfeeding. Did you have any unexpected joys with it or did it feel like a something you had to do every day? Like how, how did it ultimately feel? I totally enjoyed the bonding, mm-hmm. the times. Like I, I think when my daughter decided, like my daughter went herself off um, not that I had a time limit. I said I was going to breastfeed her as long as she was taking it. And I think she just kind of weaned herself off. Mm-hmm. And I think I was a little sad about that. Mm-hmm. Especially when I started working. It was one of those things that I could rush home and do before she fell asleep. And it was just like putting her on my chest and just having that moment with her was just heaven for me. Mm-hmm. It was just like I spoke to her. I prayed over her. I read her stories and and then like it is something like when you like that child is looking at you from that angle yeah it was just like heaven it was really heaven for me and I think if I was to give any mother any advice if you're going into motherhood it's like find support Mm -hmm. because I felt like the whole six months that I spent home the fact that I had I didn't have to worry about certain things because my mom was there um daddy was there and my sister came came from time to time and helped out so that I can have the like the designated time to just sit in that rocking chair or wherever I was to just really have those time not rushing that like I was really in that element of motherhood like I feel like I 
thoroughly enjoyed yeah like once it was just like you know I did the cream thing I did but then you know it's something that just subsides as you get used to it and you know like once you have the hang of it it just becomes like for me it was just like this bliss like that time Mm. where I get to reconnect with my daughter over and over throughout the day throughout the months throughout you understand like the first initial like that whole yeah year and a half that she was breastfeeding like and this is one of the things that I advocate for now because I remember like the hospital was like you need to come back after 12 weeks oh wow and I remember looking at my kid like 12 weeks my kid's still a newborn <laughs> like I'm not you understand what I'm saying yeah. and it's like I fought to stay home for six months Good for you. and I think this is something that mothers should have to be able to stay home and enjoy that time with your child like yeah well, as long as you can, you understand? So, yeah, like it was really that connection and building that bond with her and really starting to talk to her and getting to know her, mm-hmm. basically. Because even though the baby is not speaking, or but there's things that they start doing. Like even now, my daughter, like I would know if my daughter is going through something or wants to go to the bathroom. And my, my sister's always like, how do you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could see her facial expression because I've been seeing it since day one. Yeah. And if you understand what I'm saying, it's mm-hmm. like, I know when she was to the bathroom because mm-hmm. it's the same facial expression that she had on me when she was going to diapers that now when she wants to go potty, it's the same thing. Like I can't tell those nuances in her body language in her, but it's because it's not that I studied her, but she was there with me yeah. every day. And I got to experience that. And I'm just very lucky and very honored and very like grateful that I was able to have these moments because like, to me, it was like, oof, it, it, it's like, it, it, you, and you can never gain that back. That time passes and I was very intentional in like, I want to be able to not stress about anything and enjoy that time. And yeah. thank God I was able to do that in really, because really like I look at my daughter from that angle and I remember those moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's really that like three to six months time frame where they start to move around a bit more and you can really like just deepen that bond in a way that when they're yes. just they're just so little in the first 12 weeks and it's like wait a second I want like a proper baby before <laughs> yes. I go yeah yes exactly exactly and yeah the, it goes by so fast it goes by so fast and I mean Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ever going to have another one again. You know, you know what I mean? So that little period of yeah. time yeah. is gone now. It's gone. I'm glad you had it. Speaking of like when she got mm-hmm. to six months and she, you all started to do the baby led feeding, did she ever try biting you when you were breastfeeding? And how did you handle that situation? No, it's so funny. You said that I never had that experience. I felt like, yeah. Um, I felt like she, she just kept, she just kept feeding. And then I started introducing Mm -hmm. food at like six months. Mm. And I think she just kept going with the flow. She never really resisted anything. And then I just kept offering and she just kept taking. And we never had a, um, biting experience because I like one of my friends was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, once they start biting, that's when I'm like, no more breastfeeding. And I was just like, 
as long as she's taking, I'm going to keep giving it to her. It doesn't matter to me. Like, if she wants it, she's going to have it. And, you know, when she started eating, she's a very good eater. Like, she, she knows what she likes, and but she eats. She'll, she'll ask for it. And from day one, she started eating. Like, that mm. was the thing that I was worried is choking. Like, the first couple of months, weeks. I was just like, oh my God, that girl is going to choke. I was just like really on alert every time. But, you know, sure. Like, you know, she'll gag a little bit when when she first started eating, but it was never anything serious. It was never, you know, it was just like, it was normal what they were doing. But I think us as mom, like, I was just like, especially like working from a hospital, knowing what can happen. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit very, very cautious. And but besides that, though, nice. yeah, no biting, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> the like sort of weaning process in general with breastfeeding was very, it sounded like it was very much led by Erica. Yes, she, yes, basically, because in the morning before I went to work, I would try to feed her if she was awake. Mm-hmm. And if she wasn't, that's when I would pump in the car. Yeah. I'd pump in the car and then get to work. And then I would come home and then I would feed her. And then it started getting less and less. It started getting where she wouldn't feed like on both boobs. Mm-hmm. She was feeding on both boobs every night when I came home. And then she wasn't doing that. And then she was just feeding on one boob and I was pumping the other boob and I was mm-hmm. just like, okay. And then it became, and then, you know, the less you use it, the less milk. And I right. think she just became like, there's not enough. Yeah. And she just started like not going for it. And I would offer it and sometimes she'll take it. And then until it was just like, she was not interested at all. She was just eating. Yeah. 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 Oh, that well, that's yeah. beautiful in terms yeah. of really beautiful <laughs> weaning story. I love that it was her leading and just... Yeah, it was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I want to ask you, you know, after having her, of course, you know, it's still COVID and, you know, again, it's sort of like good and bad because you can hibernate, but also can't see people. So I'm curious about like your postpartum emotional state. Did you experience any postpartum depression? Did you feel just comfortable in your cocooning? How did that go? And this is like you said it was it was amazing because i had all the time in the world to i was not traveling i was not um doing anything and it gave me a lot of time and autonomy to just really do the things that i believed in and not having first of all i wasn't on social media the way that i am now because now my company is really on like I run my so- my my mm-hmm. company on social media basically, but before that my social media was private. Anyways, nobody knew yeah. I was pregnant. Nobody knew I had a baby, so I was very a little bit different from a lot of my friends when they had their kids. So a lot of things I was doing was not really mm-hmm. conventional knowledge. So I felt like very safe having mm-hmm. done it my way in my home and not having a hundred different people giving me their opinion about what I was doing. So in that sense, I totally enjoyed it. Now, where it was really hard is because my friends did not meet my daughter until Mm -hmm. much later on. Like there was FaceTime, there was pictures shared, there was a lot of things, but physical share and physical 
um, meeting, that was not happening mm-hmm. because, and I missed that. I missed that, you know, my friends weren't able to be part because I felt so like when my kids had, when my friends had kids and being invited to meet the baby, I thought that was such a special mm-hmm. thing for me to experience with them. And for my daughter not to have had that earlier, early on, I think that was really sad for me. Um, but in terms of postpartum depression, I don't think I had postpartum depression. I think I can talk a little bit about this. So I don't know if you know this, but I had three miscarriages before I had Erica. And what ended up happening when I got pregnant with Erica, Mm -hmm. I was totally afraid. I was so afraid like throughout the whole pregnancy. My pregnancy was a very healthy pregnancy. Actually, the morning that Mm -hmm. I, my water broke, I was supposed to be at work. So I decided I was going to work until so that I can have more time after I had her to stay home. So I I worked. I, I remember my doctor was like, oh, because mm-hmm. of your age, we're going to do six session We're going to induce you. And I'm like, uh-uh. And I said, if there's something wrong, you would tell me to stay home and not work and not do this and not do that. But I'm healthy. I'm still working. I'm still doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. So therefore, I'm healthy. And we're going to, my daughter is going to come out when she's ready. If there's a complication, then we'll talk about the next step. But emotionally, though, I feel like I was in a constant fear of, I don't know what happened before to happen again. So I was always like, whenever, and then I couldn't go to the doctor's Mm -hmm. appointments with someone. It was always by myself because of COVID. So every time I was going to the doctor's, I'm like, are we going to have a heartbeat? Are we going to, because that's how I would find out before that Mm -hmm. I no longer had a child in me before. So it was so traumatic in that sense. And after I had her, I think yeah, it was just like you're holding on for 10 months and it's like, Ugh, and then finally you have the baby and it was just like this release of emotion. And I feel like I, like that was really yeah. like what I was moving through mm-hmm. when like doing my postpartum journey. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't know how to characterize that. Like it's something that I had to work through in terms of like knowing like, okay, now you have this baby and what you were feeling is like grief basically of like all these losses that mm-hmm. you had and then having this thing materialize and still holding on to that grief and that fear of this. But I had a lot of that that I had to yeah. work through afterwards after I had her, which really, and this stuff, it's like, it, I feel like my daughter broke me open in the most beautiful way. Mm. you see what I mean it's like but there's a lot of things that happen to you in life and then you have a kid and it's like oh my god like it's time now to change these things because it's like I don't want to pass this on and then it's like you start this it's like a Mm -hmm. catalyst to like things that you want to accomplish in your life it's like you right it's like you have this life and then you have this daughter and it's like oh I have this message about breastfeeding and I'm gonna do this podcast and you understand what I'm saying it's like it changes you in like the most beautiful way, but mm-hmm. for you to have that change, you have to let go of so much. And I think that I totally like reemerged a new person. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's really powerful. It's really, and like, I, I just love, I know you've done, you know, even before this so much inner work. And so, yes. you know, you're like being able to bring that awareness 
witness to that experience and understand what was happening to you at the right. time and then create the space to like let the grief and the fear come up and out yes. and release it and step into the joy, this new you. That's huge. And yeah, speaks to a lot of the work you'd already been doing. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like to 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 piggyback on that too, I feel like one of the things I remember people saying, they were like, oh, whenever you wake up, dress the baby, do this and do that. And, and I said, I'm not doing that. I'm like, the baby's going to vomit. The baby's going to poop all over. I said, and then we're this COVID time. Nobody's coming over. The baby's not going anywhere. So I had onesies in socks for my daughter for like the first six to eight months of her life Mm -hmm. I said I'm not I feel like us as mothers I feel like sometimes we want to do the most and I think that's what Mm -hmm. keeps us in that oh my god I have to do this I have to do this and then like you're super exhausted because you're already not sleeping which is like a natural part of motherhood right Mm -hmm. and and then we put all these expectations on ourselves us to do all these things and that to me it it really made no sense and I was so intentional about like being at peace and being like ease having ease and having peace I was just like I'm gonna do the least amount of work yeah to have the maximum quality time yeah and I think because of that I felt like I kind of like did not stress over certain things so that I can have that time. And I feel like that really resulted in me having the experience that I had where I feel like I feel like a lot of the postpartum is because we have this accident. Like I remember like for a moment, I was just like, oh, I'm gonna be Laika with a baby. The old Laika with a baby. Right. And then after I had my baby, I remember I had a VIP day with a coach. My baby was breastfeeding constantly. I sat on the computer to have a VIP day with a coach trying to get my photography business going. Mm -hmm. And then she was just like, yeah. And then you have me for the next three months um, to like everything that you learned and you're going to incorporate it in the business. And then I'm going to be with you for the next three months. And And then I remember like spending the whole day with this woman on Zoom. And then I was just like, yeah, this is not going to happen. Yeah. Because that would be stressful. That would yeah. be like, so str- even the day was stressful because I couldn't focus on like totally on her because I had this kid that was breastfeeding constantly. Right. And thank God, like Eric was there. I kept handing the baby off to Eric whenever the baby had to change or feed. Uh, I mean, not feed, but like nap or something. But then I was doing all the feeding. I was, you know, burping. I was, and then she's, you know, and I was just like, oh yeah. So I cannot be like that with a baby. Like I'm mom like her now. Like, it, mm-hmm. it has to change, yeah. you know? And I feel like we have that. And again, it's it was a gift that I ended up having kids so late because I saw a lot of the things with my friends and how, and, you know, you kind of learn a little bit and then you come and then, like, you remember, like, oh, this is what happened to that person. And you start finding your own way. I felt like COVID kind of gave me the time to realize, like, what was going to work for me yeah. instead of comparing myself to this mom on Instagram or this mom on Facebook, I was just like, ah, I don't want to be stressed like that. And I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. So therefore, let me take a step back and figure out what was going to work because my goal was having this ease and this peace. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like worked it backwards to say, okay, I need to give up this right now. I cannot do this anymore. 
I need to do. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I remember even my mom, my mom was like, oh, you're not buying her shoes. And I'm like, she's not walking. She's not going anywhere. No. So I remember it was Easter. My mom bought her a little pair of shoes, like pink, like fuchsia pink shoes with this little <laughs> outfit and stuff. And I was just like, the shoes are too big. Mm. By the time my daughter started like really taking first steps and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put shoes on her. She probably wore the shoes for like two days, right. like twice. And then they were too small. And I see, and I say, you see, and then when my daughter started like really like taking steps, then I'm like, okay, let's buy some shoes. Yeah. But I kind of kept it easy. Like mm -hmm. you go out with shoes, what happened to the shoes? You lose them. And then you're going to this whole, oh, I paid all this money for these shoes and I'm losing and you like constantly looking. And I'm like, I'm not doing that either. Like we're not buying shoes. We're not buying, like I kept it bare minimum. And I remember asking my mom, like somebody helped me do my registry. <laughs> there were so many things on the registry, so many things. And I remember asking my mom and I'm like, how did grandma did it? How did great grandma did it? They have none of that stuff that's on this registry. And I remember going mm. to the registry and just like getting rid of stuff, getting rid of stuff, getting rid of stuff. And I was just like, we don't need all that stuff. And seriously, yeah. I think that really helped because I kept it really simple. I kept it really easy. And I think that worked for me. That really allowed me to just have really quality time and what I, my, I truly needed and wanted then I didn't have to be right. stressed about like a bunch of moving yeah. parts. Yeah. And that made it easy for me. Yeah. That's such good advice. Like just keep it simple. It mm -hmm. doesn't need to be complicated. Keep it simple. No, we don't need all the stuff that we buy mm -hmm. for these babies. Like the baby yeah. needs you. The baby needs you, period. That's all you need. Right. The baby loves being naked on your body. So like, need clothes. <laughs> thank you. I was just about to say that. Like, I, I feel like most of the time I had like a sheet over both of us and we both were like mm -hmm. naked, like just skin to yeah. skin constantly. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like you don't need anything. Seriously, you don't need anything. Like I have bottles, glass <laughs> bottles that I bought and like they're all sitting here still two and a half years later. And I'm looking for somebody who's having right. a kid to gift them to. Like, like a bunch of bottles because my daughter went from breastfeeding to food. She's, she never like drink milks mm -hmm. or stuff like that. So she never really had like one of those bottles yeah. running around all the time. Like, so I went from breastfeeding and having a couple bottles so that daddy can feed or somebody else, like if I'm out, right. to food. So you don't need all these bottles. <laughs> so I didn't yes. need. Yes. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I am going <laughs> to ask you some rapid fire questions. Kind of fun. Ooh. Um, so we've been it. talking a lot about Erica doing her little baby led weaning feeding. Um, so I'm curious, mm -hmm. what were some of her favorite first foods? Sweet potatoes mm. and um, bananas. Nice. nice. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. favorite, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and would you consider yourself a morning or a night person or has that like changed since becoming a mom? Oh my God. It's <laughs> I don't know what I am. Seriously, because I just kind of do what works. Like I have to wake up super early mm -hmm. so I could work out before she wakes up. But I don't, sometimes I do want to sleep in. And sometimes at after bedtime, yeah. I have to stay a little bit late to get things done. 
because you know when they're there you can't really get things so i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm more of a night person like i could stay up and do things more and then sleeping in the morning i think the morning is like my time to like sleep in but now it's just sometimes like working out in the morning Mm -hmm. is better for me i feel so i kind of like have to do that so i wake up early work out do certain things and then she wakes up and then the day starts so yeah are you a coffee (laughs) or tea or water person definitely tea definitely water (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nice and um now that you have a daughter what's your go-to recharge activity Ooh, dancing, definitely. Mm-hmm. What else? I feel like a good massage, really. Like mm-hmm. just getting out of the house, a good massage is like me time. And yeah. then really having some time to go get my nails done. Like if I can really go out, somebody could babysit for me and I could get my nails done and sit down and watch a movie, watch a show while I'm getting my nails done. These are like the three things that I totally kind of like indulge in. Yes. Yes, they are good ones. <laughs> yes. And um what is one what is um like one thing that your partner or your mom does that really helps you out? Um, I think like watching Erica. Mm-hmm. I think anytime somebody says, let me not when I'm working, but like let's say I'm on a day off and somebody offers to watch my daughter so I could have some me time. Yeah. I think that is like a gift. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, or when I come home and I don't have to be doing, you know, shower and that time, like things are already done and I can just put her to bed and really have like a good time with her. Yeah. I think that's always helpful. Like just taking something off my plate that I don't have to do extra. It's like super helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, those were fun. Um, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about your business and what you're sort of doing on the side. Yay! Um, so right now, like I've spoken about this right now. I feel like self-care in motherhood is like super, super important. Mm-hmm. Like I found a company that when I was pregnant somebody gifted me something and it really even if it's for five minutes it really gave me the time to like lotion my face do my scalp massage or whatever it is like my cuticles like just stay somewhere and just do something for myself Mm -hmm. like was so helpful in keeping me balanced and just focused on me because I feel like we focus so much on the baby when we're pregnant, when, you know, the gifts and everybody focuses on the baby and not on the mother. Like even myself right now, like when somebody calls me and they say they're pregnant, my first thing is to send them a gift and not really the for the baby because I know everybody else is going to take care of the baby. So I found a company that's vegan and like non-toxin and all the good stuff that has great products for hair, skin and wellness. Nice. And I partner with them to like really bring that self-care to mom and women so that we can really find the time to focus on ourselves. And I also love to photograph women. Mm. I feel like we don't, we work so much behind the scene and we never really celebrate ourselves. And I think my photography really speaks to that. Like I want to photograph you on your maternity when you, for your birthday like a celebration like 
whatever you're celebrating in life, I think you should you should yeah. mark it. You should document it. And these are the two things right now that I do that I feel like it's very a service to women, um, especially moms, because I feel like we are a such a powerhouse but we are forgotten by ourselves too most of the time mm-hmm. and I think I want to bring us to the forefront I love that I love so, that yeah and where's the best place people should reach out to find you yeah so I am on Instagram on a natural journey mm-hmm. and I think that's the best place like this is where I camp most of the time now yeah. with the reels and the you know all the things nice and um yeah like reach out to me dm my all my contact info is in the bio so yeah yeah i love it (laughs) well before we wrap up is there anything else you want to share or any products or tips or resources you want to call out totally fine if you don't but just wanted to give you a last moment um one thing i want to share about mother's day Mm. (laughs) mother's day is a scam (laughs) I just want to say that. And I'm not saying it because I feel like, like when it's Father's Day, what do we do? We really help them enjoy their day for themselves. And I feel like for us, as long as we're there, we're still working. Mm-hmm. We're still, and I've had, what, three Mother's Day so far. And I'm like, oh, I had to do this differently. And I'm looking for a group of women to do it with me. And I think... Right now for Mother's Day, I want us to have a day outside of the home for us. Even if it's one night. Like, I'm like, I'll do breakfast, I'll do brunch, and then book me a hotel for me by myself for a night. And that's how I want to enjoy my Mother's Day. Like, go to the bathroom alone <laughs> with some <laughs> privacy. You know what I mean? Like, I take care of my my food needs. I don't have to feed somebody else. I don't have to worry about somebody else. I don't have to clean up after somebody else. I don't have to have somebody calling me mommy, mommy, mommy for everything all day because I feel like that's part of, I don't know. I think. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's my, that's my new thing. Mother's Day. PSA to moms. (laughs) Yes. Take the time for yourself. Take the time for yourself. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree. I like it. If we weren't on opposite coasts, I'd be there with you on Mother's Day. <laughs> yes. Hey, listen, I'm coming to California. Yeah, actually. Like, we'll make it a weekend now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, like a thank you so yeah. much for coming on. This has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, my God. I'm so happy to reconnect with you. I'm so happy to see you doing big things and helping moms and honoring moms out there. So I'm very, 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 very happy to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and share with a fellow Mama Plus. And if you're interested in coming on to share your own baby feeding story, head to mollyrider.com and click on share your story. Thanks. See you next week. Bye.